good morning and welcome to another episode of the Psalm 51 podcast, a ministry of the Old Country Church at Lafette just east of Pittsburgh in partnership uh, with Fallen and Grace Ministries based out of Tennessee. I'm your host, Riley Pate, co-host, best friend, pastor, uh, mentor, all of the above, Brother David Jackson here with me again today. And uh, this morning, uh, we want to talk about a, a, a specific person, if you will, out of the Bible. You know, a couple weeks ago, we looked at uh, the, the story of the prodigal son, but we really dove into the perspective of the prodigal son and how to return at, after it is that you've fallen into sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, But today's episode, we want to do something a little bit different. Today, we want to hone in on that older brother. Uh, we briefly mentioned him in that episode a couple weeks ago, but the, the reality is that there are many, many people who have what we would describe as kind of the older brother syndrome, so we want to take time to talk about that today. Yeah, I think everybody in their life who has ever, ever Christian who has ever fallen uh, in any form or fashion realize, maybe they didn't in the beginning, but realize then that they have an elder brother in their mm-hmm. life. Uh, the person who is going to criticize them, be critical of them, mm-hmm. uh, never want them to be all they can be for the Lord again. Right. And, you know, sadly, there are more older brothers, if you will, out there than there are people who are willing to restore. And that that's just a, a sad truth, uh, you know, that so many of them are out there. It, it is a sad truth, and, and we have witnessed it firsthand. We know others who have witnessed it firsthand uh, because of something that has taken place in their life that caused them to fall uh, into sin. Uh, Then these elder brothers seem to come out of the woodwork, so to speak, and and attack you from every side. And, And that is a sad representation of what Christ is in our life. Right. And so just to kind of catch you up in where we're picking up in the parable out of Luke chapter 15, this section of the story begins there in verse number 25, and you'll read down through about the prodigal son. Like like I said, we discussed him a couple weeks ago, and you'll see that he had fallen, he had left home, he falls into sin, he gets caught up in it, he winds up in the pig pen, he comes back home, the father embraces him, brings him back in, loves on him, prepares a feast for him and is so happy about it. And the older brother is out in the field working and he hears this commotion. And so he asks, what in the world's going on? And one of the father's servants tells him, well, you know, your brother's back home. He was dead, but he's alive and we're excited. So your father had the fatted calf killed and we're going to have this big party and everyone's rejoicing. And so the older brother kind of responds, well, what in the world for? Because I've been here all these years, you know, I've, I've done all the work. I've been here for daddy, if you will, and he hasn't, so why are we doing this? And he becomes jealous and angry and all of those things. And so that's kind of what we're honing in on uh, today. But we want to start off by asking the first question, that is, who are quote-unquote older brothers uh, that are out there today? And and first and foremost, it starts with, uh, unfortunately, with uh, blood relatives because, you know, our families are supposed to be a unit with unbreakable bonds. That's the idea, is that, that families stick together no matter what, and they're always there for each other, and they love on each other, and they care for each other uh, until they all die. And that, that's the idea of a family. But unfortunately, we do live in a world that is fallen, uh, 
And because of that, we make choices and that are dictated not by what God wants, but what we want and, and our flesh. And so unfortunately, when somebody falls into sin, many times uh, it is their family that's the first one to turn on. Well, you know, no different than the prodigal son. Uh, the Bible says he had to come to himself uh, before he went back to the father. Mm -hmm. The elder brother has never came to himself. Right. Okay. And so you would think that if uh, someone in our family has fallen, if you or I mm -hmm. uh, were to fall and we want to get right with God, mm -hmm. we would we would hope, we would think that the that the very one who would welcome us back with open arms would be our family. Yeah. And yet it seems more and more that they are the ones who uh, turn against us the most. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, uh, it, it is a sad situation today for those who are wanting to turn back to God, how if you want to call the church the elder brother, mm -hmm. the, the church has turned against us. Right. Uh, turned against right. those who want to be restored. And 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 that's that again, that is sad today because mm -hmm. if there's one place that a fallen person ought to be able to go back to, just like the prodigal did his father, ran back to the father, and his father ran to him and hugged him, fell on his neck and kissed him, the church ought to welcome those who have fallen back the same way. Oh, absolutely. And we'll we'll dive into that part of it here in just a minute, but just kind of looking at that family unit. Uh, that, that so often is the first one to turn, a lot of times it's because the families make it about themselves. It is. Uh, they make your problem about them, and somehow they twist it to where now it's ruined their life and how it's you know going to devastate them for years to come, and this is just something we can't get over, and look what you've done. <clears throat> and it's not about them at all. Yeah. When a person falls, it's about the relationship between them and God, and right. then it's about between them and whoever it is that they've offended. Uh, for instance, I'll just use this as, as an example. If a married couple, uh, uh, one of the married couples, whether it be the husband or the wife, goes through a fall, mm -hmm. their first priority is that relationship with God. Yes. You know, getting right. it back on track. Because if you don't get that back on track, nothing else matters. First and foremost. But then after that, th their next step is between them and that spouse that yep. they've offended through yep. their fall. But unfortunately, a lot of times, the kids, the grandkids, the brothers-in-laws, the sisters, all of them, they make it about them. Yeah. And they say, oh, that, that, that hurt us, and how dare you do this, and how you... And they're not even concerned, number one, with the person who fell, or number two, with the other person who is directly involved in the offense and, and has been hurt. They don't care about that. Right. They make it about themselves. Uh, and another aspect of that especially down here in the South, family names are a big thing. You know, they, they garner reputation. Yep. They garner uh, certain thoughts. And so if somebody from a quote-unquote prominent family falls, then the whole family takes it like as an offensive. How dare you stain the family name? When the reality is that family, no matter how prominent they may be, is filled with people who are prone to fall because they live in the flesh. Well, you know, the elder brother was no different. He was upset with his father, uh, God, if you will, uh -huh. because everything was about him. Uh -huh. uh, not uh, not his brother being restored, uh, 
mm-hmm. not the fact that he came back home to be with the family, but the elder brother looked at everything as if it was about him. He said, I have served thee, my mm-hmm. father. He said, I have never transgressed or broken your commandments. He told his father, you have never killed the fatted calf or gave me a kid that I may be merry with my friends. Everything was about I. Right. Everything was about himself. It was he me, was, me, it, me, me, me. He was jealous of mm-hmm. his brother who had came back home. Right. And, and unfortunately, that's how some in our families, our blood relatives, are the first ones to get jealous about, first ones to get upset. And then uh, another group that kind of falls in this older brother category, as you've briefly mentioned earlier, are friends or church members mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that we are surrounded with. You know, they're, they're often the first ones to say, you know, well, we'll be here for you no matter what. You know, <laughs> yeah. our, our bond is here. It's not going to go anywhere. And yet they're the first ones to turn their backs uh, at the first sign of trouble. That's right. You know, they, they see that, hey, he's not as popular as he was or people are kind of questioning him or, or they're, you know, scrutinizing him and I really don't want to be a part of that so I'm just going to kind of distance myself. And it starts in your friend groups, you know, those friends that you you think they're so tight and, and all of that. And uh, I, I will just put a little insert there that I was very fortunate uh, when I went through s- some of my struggles that, that the one I consider my best friend, he was the first one to call me up. I mean, mm-hmm. and he we talked every single day yep. of that process. <clears throat> and there was never any, <clears throat> excuse me, any judgment or scrutiny or any of that. But, unfortunately, a lot of people don't have that. Their friends are the first ones to turn on them. Yeah, and and I I can honestly say I experienced the same thing uh, with my best friend at the time. And and, uh, no matter uh, what I had done, he never judged me over that. He was there for me every day, whether it was a phone call, whether it was go out to eat lunch. uh, He was there. I could sit down with him and... And, and and talk to him, mm-hmm. open up to him. Right. And never one time did he judge me for anything I had done, but he was more concerned about my relationship with our Heavenly Father. He was right. more concerned about my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I thank God for uh, Christian uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who care about restoring those who have fallen. And uh, so, yes, uh, now that, that man, my best friend, mm-hmm. uh, Richard Hitt, mm-hmm. is in heaven today. Yeah. And uh, I'll forever be indebted to him. Mm-hmm. And, and we're so thankful that there are people uh, like that because not only are your friends generally the first ones that, that turn on you, but then there's those church members and they start saying, well, you know, they, they can't be here anymore. And yeah. on top of that, <clears throat> there are often pastors I can't tell you how many so-called pastor friends I had that I don't have anymore because they they said, well, <laughs> it, you know, he doesn't deserve to be in the ministry, yeah. and then it turns out that they weren't really friends at all. They that's they right. were there out of convenience. Yeah, but that's the sad reality for a lot of people that are in a church is it starts with the members, and then suddenly the pastor starts saying, you know, I don't know if you need to be here. All uh, uh, there was a post this morning by a good friend of ours, and he talked about that. Uh, that, you know, oftentimes, or it may have been yesterday where he said, you know, oftentimes the church starts saying, well, I don't know if you should 
come here anymore. And he said, prove that to me in Scripture. Like, show me one good reason why they shouldn't be back in your church. And, and nobody has an answer because there's not one. Yeah. And, and so, sadly, though, it, those pastors and those church members, unfortunately, uh, take the stance that once you've fallen, you, you can go somewhere else, just don't come back here. We don't want to, and, and we, we'll have to handle you with kids and gloves. We, we don't want to have to handle that situation. Uh, but I know that you and I both had a, a handful now, a small handful, but there were a handful of pastors that would still talk to us and, and help us through the process that are friends to this day. Yeah, sadly, it is those in the church who are self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Uh, no different than the elder brother mm-hmm. who told his father that, uh, and he felt like he was worthy uh, of all that belonged to his father. Right. He stayed home. He didn't go out and commit sin and all this kind of stuff. But all he did was look at himself and said, I'm worthy of this. Mm-hmm. Most pastors today feel like, well, I've been faithful to the church. I've done this. I've done that. I've done all that God has asked me to do. Why should I let this one who has fallen come back to church? Right, because they're not up to my they're standard. They're not up to my standard. That is a self-righteous type of Christianity that is destroying the church today. Mm-hmm. It's destroying the lives of those who have fallen, who want to come back to God, who want to come back to church, who want to be used of God, who want to be used of the calling God has on their life. Mm-hmm. And because of these self-righteous church members, these self-righteous preachers, pastors, uh, they are not allowed to be used of God again in the church. But but I, but, but I'll be honest and I'll say mm-hmm. real quickly, yes, you can be. Yes, Absolutely. And uh, in fact, you're going to have a whole segment on that uh, coming up pretty soon that we'll be sharing with you uh, in the very near future. But I also want to interject here, you know, there's a lot of guys that you and I know, I've gotten to know them through you, Mm -hmm. that that people uh, would consider heroes of theirs in the independent movement. Uh, If you're a fundamental independent Baptist, you would say, oh, that's a hero of mine. I love to hear that that man preach and I love his leadership. And they're the same guys who are accepting of people who have fallen, that's, that that's still have it. conversations with us and still yeah. let us preach and all of those things. Uh, and, and so I think that people would be shocked to realize how many of their quote-unquote heroes <laughs> are open to the idea that people can still serve in the church. And I think that that would open their eyes to, hey, if they think that, then why doesn't everybody else? Because these are men who, if they really wanted to be, I mean, nobody's worthy of being self-righteous, but I'm saying... Some of these guys that we know, if they really wanted to be, could be that pompous, hey, I've done this for so long and, and everything, but they don't. They can, yeah. they stay humble and they, they focus on the main thing, and that is a person's relationship uh, with Christ. Yeah, you know, it is, um, it is those self-righteous preachers or pastors uh, who take others for granted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the elder brother took his father for granted. Right. He just assumed his father had disowned his uh, the prodigal, the mm-hmm. other, his brother, and yet when the brother came back, his father ran to him and hugged him and kissed him, accepting him back, killed the fatted calf and put the robe upon him, right. and and I think the the elder brother took his father for granted that that he was there for him and him only, mm-hmm. and many people in the church today feel like they have been members of that church for fifty years, 
They have been faithful to the church. They've sat in the pew week after week. They've never given anybody any trouble, even though most never do anything in the church but sit there. Right. They do not want those coming back who have fallen mm-hmm. because it makes them look bad. Right. And it take, they believe that it takes away from them yeah. all that is in that church. That's true. And that, you know, that, that's just such a, a poor way you know, to, to view the church because the church should be the first place that somebody can go yeah. uh, when they're in need of help. And then the, the other group uh, that falls in this older brother category are just outside critics. Now, when I say outside critics, I'm talking about those <clears throat> who don't even know you. Yeah, You may not know yeah. them. They don't know you. They certainly yeah. don't know your story uh, or really what happened, but they get a whiff of something and then they decide, well, it's my job now to make sure that this person never does anything for God again. Uh, there are people, I, I, I know this from personal experience, there are people who don't, have never met me outside of maybe one brief conversation, and yet they were some of the first ones to start making phone calls saying, well, so-and-so's not worthy of the ministry anymore. Don't Make sure you don't talk to him or use it. And I'm thinking to myself, you don't even know me. You have no clue of a, a thing that's really going on behind it, but they hear tidbits. And they take what they want out of it, and they come after you. And and let me just say this. Uh, don't put any stock in people like that, because they're always going to find somebody, whether it's you or somebody else, they're going to find somebody to attack from the outside. Sadly, sadly today, Christians love drama. Mm-hmm. They, they love tearing people down. It doesn't matter. Christians are the only organization that likes to tear those who are family members down, mm-hmm. uh, tear those in the church down. I, it, it baffles me. We ought to be the one to encourage people to come back to God. Yes. We ought to be the one there for them when they come back to God, mm-hmm. when they come back to church. Uh, but unfortunately, there again, uh, if you if you get on Facebook or social media and you see those whom you know are Christians, they're critical of those who have fallen and came back to God. Yes. They're critical. They they hate that. Uh, and yet God tells us, well, not hate anyone. We ought to love them and restore them. Right. And, and just as there are outside critics, there are people in the church that hook up, latch onto those outside critics. Yep. They don't even know you. It's just a, a never-ending cycle. And that's why I say, don't put any stock in people like that because they're going to find somebody and something to be upset about, Yep. Uh, and to criticize and to, and to continually uh, pump out the drama, they're, they're going to do that regardless of it, whether it's you or anybody else. And yet, so many times we do give in to those that don't even know us. You know that that have never bothered to. I, I you know I can't tell you how many people criticize me. I would hear about it later from people who were in my inner circle that would say, "Hey, did you know so and so?" And I'd say, "No, I didn't." And those people that were criticizing me never called me. There well, was never a conversation. Yeah, and you you know the the prodigal son came back to his father. No doubt by his own words, he thought he would be nothing more than a hired servant. Yes. He was willing to take that criticism, willing mm-hmm. to lower himself, humble himself to become a hired servant of his father. Right. And and yet we have those in the church today who are so critical and and 
Brother Riley, you know as well as I do, because we put these podcasts out about restoration and because we're going to be doing other things in the very near future mm-hmm. uh, about restoring people and helping people, we're going to have our critics. Oh, we're yeah. going to have those who just absolutely hate what we're doing because mm-hmm. it goes against every grain of their being, but right. it does not go against the Word of God. No, not at all. And and let me just say, the the father took in that son, he forgave him, and the father was the one that had been offended. Yes. So this, this outside cricket view or, or just a family member, in the case of the older brother, had no business continuing the grudge because the person who had been affected the most, which represents God, by the mm-hmm. way, had forgiven it. You move on, you're not in that person's shoes, you need to move on. Uh, the second thing, we, the question that we have here is why are there older brothers? Why why do people take on that role? Number one, because of insecurity in their own life. You know, they try to eliminate what they perceive as a threat by kicking away those who are trying to return because they're jealous of them in some way and they think, hey, I've kind of cozied up to the preacher. I've cozied up to this group in the church and if they come back in, they might just take my spot and I've got so much in my life that they don't know about, but when they start opening up, others are going to start opening up and then they're going to expect me to and I don't want to share that area of my life. So their response is, I've got to keep that person as far away as possible so that I can continue to put on this facade, you know, and, and it's just nothing more than insecurities with our, in our own self. Listen, if you are prone to that, falling into uh, this area of uh, being an older brother because of insecurity, you need to find your identity in Christ, not how other people view you or treat you. And when you start viewing yourself through that lens rather than the lens of outside opinion, you're going to be less prone then to be insecure and ha- feel like you have to go after other people. Well, you know, it's just like what Brother David put a few days ago about looking to the mirror uh, and complaining or criticizing others. Mm-hmm. All you're doing is exposing uh, your own sin. Yes. And uh, many times that that is what happens with those in the church, the elder brothers. Yes. Uh, they they don't want their sin exposed, but they want to expose your sins. Yes, which leads right into the next reason that some of your older brothers, and that's the guilt. You know, yep. Matthew chapter 7 says, you know, why do you focus uh, in the beam of somebody else's eye when you know you've got a moat in yours? Yep. And yet, because of that guilt, because they know the sin that's in their life, they feel like, well, if I yell loud enough about their sin and I point that out enough, uh, then people will focus on that instead of focusing, you know, on me. Yep. And that's no way to handle it. No, that that's that's no way to handle it. We we must if 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 you're the elder brother out there today, uh, if you're that pastor who does not want to welcome the fallen back, take a look in your own life. Mm-hmm. Get in front of the mirror and and check out how God is looking at you today. Right. Find find out what God thinks about you today. Mm-hmm. Are are you so perfect, so self righteous that you're not willing to to allow the fallen to come back to you, um, uh, the 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 prodigal, the the father. He and by the way, it wasn't the elder brother that was sinned against. Right, it was the father. It was the father. Yeah, he took he took his father's inheritance and he went and he he wasted it away in mm-hmm. sin. 
Yep. And ruined he the family he did, name. Yeah, he did, he ruined the family name, but he didn't come back to the elder brother and say, "Will you forgive me?" Right. He came back to the father. Yes. And so you listen to me closely, pastors and preachers and and church members. When someone comes back, it is not you or the church that they need to come back to and confess their sins to. It is God and God alone. Yes. If you if you want that person to forget to be uh, to come before you and ask forgiveness, it is because of the self-righteous sins that are in your life. You want them, them to expose their sins that your sins will not be seen. Well, you know, and, and, and I, I want to interject this here. We are quick to criticize and rightfully criticize uh, the Catholic Church because of their false doctrines, mainly the fact that we don't believe that you have to go through a priest or the Pope to receive forgiveness. And yet, so many Baptist preachers, I'll put this out there, so many Baptist preachers put themselves in a Pope-like state yep. by saying, well, if you want to get back in and you want to be a part of the fold, you've got to go through me. Yeah. That's no different than what the Catholic Church teaches. That's right. And yet, that same guy will get up and pound away on Sunday mornings yep. about that. Yep. And, and we don't want to ever fall in that trap because, listen, the reason that the Catholics do it that way, the reason the Pope is the way he is, the priests are the way that they are, is because they use that to cover up the, the things in their life, thinking, well, if people are so focused on that, they won't focus on me. But I guarantee you, if you're a pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a lay person in the church and, and you're guilty of being an older brother because of guilt, you know, and pointing out uh, the beam in somebody else's eye while ignoring the mode in yours, if you line your life up with the scriptures and you line their life up with the scriptures, you're going to find that both of you are the same distance from being lined up it's just going to be in a different way. But 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 you both fall short. And so we've got to get to a point where we're not trying to cover up what's going on in our life by exposing uh, what has happened in the lives of others. And then the, the final reason that we have uh, older brothers is because of jealousy. He was jealous. Uh, he, he looked and he said, listen, I've been here all this time and, and I think that what I've done uh, deserves recognition more so than the humility of the the younger brother. And and there are many in the church that feel that way. They feel like, hey, I've done so much for God. You know, I've been faithful. I haven't wavered. I haven't left the faith. So why in the world would we celebrate this person who has, even though they've come back, why would we celebrate them rather than focusing on what I've done all these years while they've been gone? Yeah, you know, and and, and, and I'll leave this with you today. I, I put it on our, our church Facebook page this morning. But whether you are a self-righteous pastor, church mm -hmm. member, or whether you are the prodigal who has fallen into sin, one day we're all going to be in heaven. Mm -hmm. And may I say to you prodigals, may I say to you elder brothers out there who are critical, when you get to heaven, you will be sitting side by side with that prodigal at the Lord's table. Yes, God forgives everyone. Mm -hmm. Grace is free. That's right. And Grace it's, is free. It's equal to all. It's equal. It's equal to all. And then if you're uh, one that is fallen, you're that prodigal son, I want to leave you with some practical ways. How do you deal with these older brothers in your life? Number one, you got to love them. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they may hate you. They may refuse to accept you. But just because they do that doesn't mean uh, that you shouldn't love them. That's right. Uh, it doesn't mean that, that you should grow bitter towards them or be cold towards them. They, they may feel that way about you. And that may never change. Your love for them may never change their disposition towards you. 
But what it will do is, number one, it will honor God that you loved him anyways. But number two, it will keep you from falling into that bitterness and falling into to the things that, that would cause you then uh, to waver in your walk with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And we, you know, we need to remember that though the prodigal just threw away his inheritance from his father, though he went out and lived lavishly a sin life out there, mm-hmm. he came back to his father. He lost everything he had, but when he came back to his father, he gained everything. Right. That's right. He, he gained it all. He gained it all. But uh, we need to love him. And then number two, we need to pray for him. Listen, the only thing that's going to change them is the intervention of God in their life. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's it. There's no other remedy for it. Your defense of yourself, no matter what you say, no matter how you say it even, is not going to change that person's heart or their mind. You can try and have conversations with them, and you can lay out all the events that really took place. You can lay out all the the ways that you got right with God. You can lay out all the ways that God's opened up these doors of service for you and and plainly show them how God's done a work. But unfortunately, they're not going to listen to that many times. They they could care less. They're so bent on their opinion and their hatred and their unwillingness to listen and so the only thing we can really do at that point, if our intercession towards them is not going to work, intercede for them. Go to, to the Father. Go to God and say, That's listen, right. God, you're going to have to work in their heart. Yeah, and, and one thing we must always remember, whether you're the product or whether you're the elder brother, the Bible tells us if we confess our sins, He, talking about God, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if you're the yes. elder brother today, confess your sins before God. Because when you look at your life and you see the sins that's in your life, you won't be so easy to criticize the prodigal son. Yes. And then the, the last thing I want to leave you with is, is just ignore them. And, and what I mean by that is you don't have to act as if they don't exist. <laughs> but, but don't let their displeasure hold you back from doing what God has for yeah, you to do. Yeah, you can't do that. Uh, because if you do, you'll never do anything for God because there's always going to be people who don't want you to serve Him. Well, we hope that you've enjoyed uh, this episode of the Psalm 51 podcast. We hope that it's a help to you. And uh, just looking at these older brothers that are in the lives of everybody, and if you are one of those older brothers, take this, learn from it, and, and make your decision today that I want to be a help, not a hindrance That's to those right. that have fallen. Remember, tomorrow's Sunday, be in your place at your church. If you don't have a home church, we would love to see you. 945 for Sunday school, 1045 for the preaching hour at the Old Country Church at Lafette. Have a great day, and God bless. God bless.